Hello, and thank you for joining us. This is Brian, your host of the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of said host and our guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested, so please consume at your own risk. Ladies and gentlemen, and whoever else is listening, my guest today is Jennifer Yo. She is principal broker of Presidio Real Estate here in the great state of Utah. She's been in the real estate business for 17 years and has forgotten more about this industry than I've ever learned. So sit back and let's get inside her head. All right, Jen Yo, tell me about your your story into real estate and why you got started in this and because you've you've created quite a they stir, but you've got 12 branches now. Yes. Open 12. your 12th yesterday. As of yesterday. Yep. Okay. All right. You're killing it. <laughs> Tell me how you got there. And well, what's kind of the, just your story from the beginning. It was just, yeah. I had a great job in a P at a PR firm and I was really liking what I was doing there. And I had somebody that had a real estate license at the time and said, come get your real estate license with me. We, let's be partners. And I was like, I have a great job. Why would I do that? And uh, she kept badgering me, badgering me. So I finally got my license and I said, well, I'll just do it on the side. Like a lot of realtors often think, you know, and we closed about five deals together. And I was like, man, I really like this. And she was like, um, Hey, I'm, I'm going to have to be a stay at home mom now with my fifth child. So good luck. And I was like, well, I'm not a quitter. So I decided to stay in and, and that was 17 years ago. <laughs> wow. 17 yeah. years. Yeah. So then about eight years into it, I hit the, well, not, yeah, seven, six, seven years into it, I hit the downturn in 2008. And that was tough, man. That was like, thank goodness at the time I was single, but I was, uh, you know, watching all my colleagues essentially get other jobs. And I didn't have a ton of bills because I was living with a girlfriend at the time in one of her rooms at, at her house. And so for me, it was like, hey, there's no better time than now to create something new from the beginning. So I thought I'm going to start a brokerage right now. And I had a builder at the time that was like, get your broker's license. And I was kind of like, okay. So he wanted me to be his broker as a builder. So I did that. And man, that was rough too. We were still in the downturn for a few months and I mean, a few years. And so that was you know, really tough beginnings, but it just kind of took off from there. So I realized I needed to scale and grow through the last, through the next 10 years. So, so what was that jump like from just being a realtor to a broker? It, I, I think of just the whole, I get test anxiety and I hate the test and I probably couldn't <laughs> pass the real estate test today, ironically enough, but was that like a whole nother level of crazy difficult? Or no? Well, you know, I, I was at a brokerage where I didn't get, I, at the time their training wasn't huge. So I didn't get a ton of training. And so I kind of was in this place where I was like, I had to figure it out on my own anyway. And I was hungry for knowledge. So when I decided to go into the brokers thing, I'm like you, I hate tests. I hate, I can't retain information that well, but I was hungry enough for it that I was like, I'm going to do this. And as I went through it, it was like, whoa, this is a lot to know. And yeah. I, I guess maybe it impressed on me how important a broker's role is, you know, and how important the laws and the rules and codes and all that right. was. So it was good. Well, yeah, when the book is that thick, you yeah. know, and actually, you know, I remember taking the test. I really enjoyed the book, reading it, and yeah. even the Utah law, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. But the whole test, I have this suspicion, my conspiracy theory, that the testing world is just a revenue generator. Oh, yeah. Um, cause years ago I got my EMT certification and the test was the same way. It was just like, 
I feel like someone's screwing with me. So it gives me anxiety. Yeah. I mess up the test. I could go in and like do a medical assessment on a patient, ace it, but answering Bob is showing these symptoms and it could be this and all the answers are right, but you have to pick the most right. And the real estate thing was the same. It's real. It is real. I remember thinking, I got this. I've got this figured out. And they, they get, give you three hours to take the test. And I'm like, I'll, I'll have this done in an hour and a half. And like two hours and 59 minutes into it, I'm freaking out. <laughs> like, oh my yeah. gosh, I've got to get through all these questions. Oh, yeah. And the fear of just the logistics of having to do it again. That yeah, for sure. Down. I had to do it twice. I'm like, eh. But yeah. <laughs> here we are. But so like what during this journey, what, what has been like the, the most challenging thing that in terms of like business or personal growth that you've experienced um the difference between being a broker and being a business owner is huge and so sure you can study and take the test and learn how to be a broker but then there's nowhere where you can really learn how to be a business owner and so i I had always had an entrepreneurial spirit but man, that comes with a lot, you know? So I think the biggest challenge I've had is how to run a business, right? And so learning how to manage people, how to manage employees, how to, th- those those must have been my biggest challenge through the last 10 years. And um, I'm super grateful I learned it, or I am still learning. <laughs> but yeah, that's a, that's a tough challenge. Babysitting adults. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, do you find it because I had a business, my wife and I had a graphic design company and we had 14 employees. They were employees. They weren't other business owners. I'm guessing it's a lot different because you get people that are a little more driven, a little more goal oriented than, than someone who's just getting a paycheck. Yeah. And I actually enjoy the, the interaction between, you know, me, myself as the business owner and ICAs, independent contractors, because really it's not like when you hire an employee, sometimes you get the employee that really just shows up for their paycheck, right? Well, when you hire an ICA, it's on them. They have to figure out how to make money. And so, yeah, I could be there to coach them and get them there. But man, if their bank account is empty, they they either have to get out of it or figure it out. Right. And so I actually really enjoy that part of it. It really was more about the employees. It was hard for me, people that are on my payroll and, you know, having systems in in the company and that type of thing. So I think I'm made for being a broker. (laughs) Right. And you, you have kids. No kids. Okay. So you're not juggling that, that, that challenge, I guess. That, that's all. No, in fact, I, you know, I think that's one of my, my superpowers is that I treat all my agents as if they were my kids, because I've got that maternal instinct and I yeah. have their backs and I'm worried about them and that type of thing. But you know, and that never goes away. No, <laughs> for you, sure. You're always wondering and worrying, even though worrying is useless sometimes, but yeah, for sure. Um, so Presidio is your, brokerage mm-hmm. how how'd you like the name you know it's kind of trivial but like where'd the name come from or what what's the history behind that or the story behind that yeah it's kind of funny because you know as you're creating a company and having to go through all the I gotta get through school I gotta get my licensing I gotta register a business I gotta do all this and and the you you know the pathway to that and when it came up of what am I gonna name this it was like I have no idea I can't even tell you how hard it was to come up with a name. And thank goodness I had some lender friends that I went to lunch with one day and they just pulled up like Google at the time and was like, hey, what about the word Presidio? It means protected fortress in Latin. And I was like, sure, that sounds like a great name after racking my head for months on what I should name my company. So I thought, I really like that. Let's do that. And then about 
two years into it, I hired a Hispanic realtor and she came in and said, do you know that Presidio in Spanish means jail or prison? <laughs> and I thought that was really funny because I, so I always tell everyone, we go with the Latin version. <laughs> yes. Protected fortress. <laughs> well, I only knew it because I saw there was a movie called the Presidio. Oh, cool. I guess that's a military base type thing Compound in San, base, in San yeah. Francisco. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the only time I'd ever heard that word. Yeah. So, yeah. And I grew up in California. And so I had seen it on these prominent companies for years. And I thought that's a great name, strong name, strong name. Well, now I didn't know the Latin. So that makes, you know, fortress that, and now it makes sense. Your logo makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I didn't know. So, okay. How many half castle, half house, half castle. It's a, it's a hassle. Yep. exactly. I like that. I'm going with that, Brian. Yeah. Hashtag hassle. Um, How many agents? Uh, do you we have about 375 today. That's a big deal. It's not bad. We're not, we're not huge. That's, but, um, that's not huge. You know? What's huge. I guess Keller Williams is huge. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where the one thing I am proud of is even though we only have 375 on, um, the top 10 brokerages in the state, we are in the 10 and everyone above us is either national or really large brokerages in terms of yeah. market share. And so I think the next person above us has 1,100 agents. So good for you. That's, I, not, that's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. What I contribute our success to for market share is our education. Yeah. We, we train four days a week. So we're really serious about it. Well, I've heard nothing but good things from anyone I've met who is one of your, bro, one of your agents. It's, it's oh, that's been, awesome. Been, I love that. Been, and I've, I don't know, I've probably done five deals with people from your, from your world. That's awesome. And they've, yeah, they just nothing but praise. So whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Oh, thank you. You know, um, you, like, see, uh, this drive that you have, have you always had that or did it, did you, were you around people driven, other driven women or men that, that you kind of watched or did this just, were you born with this? Tell me what, you know, what that's been like. I definitely think I was born with an entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, I was the young girl that was crocheting um, bikinis and selling them online. For you. <laughs> Imagine a crocheted crochet bikini. It dissolves in <laughs> water. It, it, it was just for style. I mean, it oh, looked okay. good. They looked good. And I would have liners in them. It's not like you'd see oh, through them. But man, okay. I was like, I got to create a company. And, and before you know it, it'd be something else. And I'd move on to that. And if that didn't work out great, which the, obviously the bikinis didn't work out great. So... <laughs> That is funny. Move on to the next thing, move on to the next thing. So I always had that spirit, but you know, nobody in my family's entrepreneurial. Nobody owns their own company or anything like that. So I am different from that. But I think um, what it was from day one was just always to be able to be in control of my future. And that really was what drove me was let me handle, you know, what my, where I head in my future. It's funny. We, you know, when we say someone's controlling or wants control, wants to be in control, that's always seemed to be spun as a negative but every one of us wants to have control. Nobody wants to be out of control. Right, right. I, mean, I know where they're coming from. They're like, don't be a control freak. Don't try to control other people. Right. But that is, everyone wants that. That is just kind of nature. Nobody well, wants and to that's, be I mean, look else. at how many agents come into the industry. It's because they can c- control their schedule. They can control the, their wages. They can control, you know, how much vacation time they take and those types of things. So yeah, yeah. It's, like you said, it's not a, not a negative. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, I... I'm never going to get a job again unless I have to, absolutely have to. And I always, I always know that I can, but 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go down that road anymore because it's like, it's such a stupid system. You wake up and you work for someone else and then you have to ask some stranger for permission to go visit your family. That right. is a messed up system. And we're all in it. Yeah. Everyone's drowning, but no one knows that everyone's drowning because we're all drowning. That's a good point. That's kind of what made me that. really and just changing my mindset and getting out of that. And now I see this whole, because it's Friday today. Thank God it's Friday. Right. <laughs> oh God, it's Monday. Yep. Is a horrible way to, and I felt that before, but I've never vocalized it yeah. in a serious way. But I grew up around that. That was the mentality. You live for the weekend. I'm like, you're doing something you, that you don't want to be doing if you're living for the weekend. That's so true. And yeah. it's just, it's a horrible way to live. So I, I'm just mm, not going down that road anymore. Um, yeah. Love that. What does success mean to you? You know, it's one of those ever elusive things for me because, you know, people can tell me that I'm successful and I don't think I'm there yet. And in fact, it's kind of funny because man, I started Presidio when I was 20, no, 33. And, uh, I, I wish I would have started earlier because where I'm at today, I just don't, I, I think of how many more years I have in the industry and you, you think, man, I wish I had 10 years prior to that. And so I, I definitely don't, I think it's elusive. I don't think that there's something that says, all right, you've made it. You're successful for me. I, it's not. Yeah. I think it depends it's on how you define it, I guess. Chasing. Yeah. Cause it's not a destination. It's sort of a process. I know it's cliche, but it's still true. It is. It's yeah. For me, there's, I think because I know the potential that I could have I never really think I made it there yet. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of entrepreneurs feel that way. It's like, but now that I got here, now I want to go there, you know? Well, yeah. Okay. I, I think back when I graduated from college, it took me way longer than it should have. Sure. I was like seven years in two different schools, two different majors. And people are like, are you a doctor yet? Because you're in school a long time. <laughs> and when I finally graduated, I was 25 and literally that day it was like, yay. Now yeah. it literally yep. felt that way. Like, yep. okay. So what now what? Yeah. And yeah, that it's, it's a, but it's, it's a good place to be, but at the same time, are you, do you, you wonder, I was like, am I, is it, is it, is it kind of a greedy insatiable thing or is it a good thing? I don't know. It depends on how you view it, I guess. Yeah. It's so true. I think if anything, I'm addicted to progress. And I think that's part of life. I mean, we are always progressing, right? And so even from one day to the next day, that's the next day. That's a progress, right? And yeah. so I think for me, it's more of a, okay, I've made it this far now. Where am I going to go next? Then it is like, how much money can I make? Where can I make more money? You know, it's never been like that about for me. It, I'm addicted to accomplishment. I'm addicted to progress. Uh, progress, so. yeah. Changing, you know being better than you were yesterday. In fact, I have a quote on my wall. I can see it because I got old man eyes. It says, <laughs> it's from Jim Rohn. You know, Jim Rohn. Yeah. Um, it says become a millionaire, not for the million dollars, but what, for what it will make of you to achieve it. And like that really hit me because I don't care about stuff, Yeah. but I know there's more, more here yeah. than, than has been revealed. Well, and there's so much satisfaction from accomplishing something that benefits other people too. 
Like yeah. I love that I've created a company that my agents are so happy with because they get what they need. They get supported. They get all these great things and they hardly ever leave Presidio because of that. And to yeah. me, that's, that feels like success to me. It right. has nothing to do with how much I take home. It's like everyone else is happy. I did it. Right. Yeah. And to be able to create a vehicle that people can do that, that's got to be pretty satisfying. For sure. Yeah. Um, you said you, you don't have any other entrepreneurial minds in your family. Did you get support from that or did you get the crabs in the bucket trying to pull you down, but in a meaningful way, trying to protect you? You know what I'm talking about? definitely not the crabs in the bucket. I'm not extremely close to my family. So it's more like a, you know, they just don't even really talk to me much about it, which is fine. Um, I didn't need a lot of support, but my husband, now he's very supportive. He believes in me. He pushes me forward. He, you know, that type of thing. And I think that, I think every winner really needs somebody in their life like that, that, that really says, you can do this. I got I, you, know, whatever else you need. I've got that, you know? Yeah. So I think for sure, but my family, no, they just don't really, I'm not that close with them. They just don't, you know. Has it always been that way or just since you got to the last 17? Yeah. It's oh, always been yeah. that way. Okay. Just never so, really there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why we're just very um, independent people all on our own and do our own thing. Right. And so, yeah. Well, I ask because I mean, I come from a kind of a, well, a very small town in Northern California. And I know when my dad like the first time I sold like five homes in a month, which was massively big for me, I told him and his, and I know he was doing it trying to protect me, but he says, well, don't forget your roots, son. <laughs> and I thought my thought, first thought was, well, dad, I, I, I would like to forget some of my roots because some of my roots are the mentality that's kept me not down, but kept me from really doing anything in my life. So I want to forget some of that. Yeah. But to the point that I can, make enough or just be successful enough that I can come back and visit my roots more often. Right. There but you go. It's just interesting. That's, that's where he naturally went. Cause he's, he kind of taught me to work hard and survive and he did the best he could. Yeah. Well, and the work. cool thing about that is sometimes your roots can give you strength and power in ways that whether it was negative or positive or whatever it is that you never would have had if you didn't have that. Yeah. So, you know, I look at all, all things in my life with gratitude of, I'm super glad I went through that because that makes me who I am today. Yeah. Every experience is happens for like for you, not to you. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's, as again, cliches that sound, but cliches are there for a reason, but yeah. Yeah. Now you, you mentioned like just being a, a woman leader, you mentioned something like that can be kind of challenging in, and that's something, of course, it's not on my radar. I'm sure. a dude. So how is that? Do you get? you get people that are threat like men that are threat or other people that are threatened by your success and what you do or what, what's that been like if any you know this topic is one that the last thing i ever want to come off as is is sexist or have you know woman power and strength like that that you know not at all i think that there are a lot of uh, supportive men in my life absolutely and i think as with anything you'll have you know the naysayers and the people like you said the crabs that will you down but really I think more than anything there's not a ton of women that are rising to the occasion and um, one thing I know is you know there's very few women owned brokerages in the state of Utah in fact I think it's under under five and um, or maybe under seven something like that not not a lot of them but there's a lot of men owned brokerages and so it, it becomes a, a territory that I believe is just well, you're the rare 
broker, right? You're you're rare. And so then it's look, you're looked at as, well, are you going to succeed? Are you going to be able to make it in this industry? Now, I don't really think that it has to do with sex so much as it has to do with you're just the rare breed. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely have felt that. I've seen some interesting things in my career that, um, you know, people wonder if because you're a woman, can you run a business? Um, and, and yeah, there's some incredible business women out there far better than me. And so I look up to those people. But yeah, I think that there it comes with challenges for sure. I mean, I'm a total emotional woman. I've got that on my side. But I, I look at that as seriously a superpower. Superpower. Yeah, for my agents, you know, I've heard I've heard around that that's what you know Jennifer Yeo is emotional. Well, you know, I think my agents so is everyone feel- else. <laughs> Thank you. I think that too. But I also don't think being unemotional is a badge we should wear around, right? You're a robot. <laughs> mm. So to me, it's like my agents feel cared about. They feel heard. They feel basically they feel my maternal instinct, right? Yeah. I think that's my superpower. I think that's what makes me successful. Well, and in our digitally driven world where we're, you know, we're on our things all the time. Yeah. You know, I get lazy and sometimes like like I've done several deals where I've never met the agent or the buyer sure that's weird to me yeah at the end i feel a little guilty almost that i sure. it's my fault for not reaching out and just at least making it but it's easy it's easy to yeah. do that and it's like i like the personal contact but i can get lazy and just enjoy the fruits of it and yeah so and that personal connection we're losing that you know personal like service i totally agree losing yeah that. And just people that just, yeah, I don't really care, you know, next. Yeah. On. Well, and I've always said, this is a relationship business. And yeah. so it is really hard as this tech comes involved and, and gets into our industry. It's great. There's some great technology that we can use, but yeah, there's still that personal touch. And whether you're a buyer, a seller, or a, an agent, I feel like we all kind of need that. I mean, I still have agents that say, can I come in and sit down and talk to you in your office about um, a problem? And to me, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, why can't we talk about it over my over the phone? And then I realize that's what they need. They yeah. need to be in front of someone and feel share their emotions and you know that type of thing. And so it's a, it's interesting. It's got to yeah. be there, right? To feel all of it because it's you miss like a text. You miss you miss all the emotion in a text. Yeah. Or even on a call, you don't see the body language. Like if you're saying something, right. if you're full of crap, you'll see it on my face. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Have you seen sure. it? Have you seen it at all? <laughs> for sure (laughs) yeah yeah what i feel like there's so many things i can go but is there something that you want people to know about you that maybe i haven't asked or touched on kind of something what do you want to i know you said it's hard to talk about yourself but i'm giving you here's the stage (laughs) my my fans are going to be excited (laughs) i can't wait to meet all 12 of your fans Um, no, I think more than anything, I could talk about my business all day long. And so I think one of the greatest, great things is I had read a Forbes article magazine years ago that talked about realtors and how, you know, uh, we're in the top three most untrusted, uh, professions out there. And I just remember this is long before I was a broker. I remember feeling heartbroken about that because I actually loved working with buyers and sellers and helping them achieve this dream. And, and so I thought, well, why do people think that about us? And, um, you know, here in Utah, I believe that there's a lot of DIYers. A lot of people out there are like, I got this. I don't need an attorney. I, I'll represent myself. I don't need, uh, you know, the grocery store. I'll just create my own garden. You know, they just a lot of DIYers and that's not a bad thing. But when it comes to real estate, it's like, 
man, you need, you need some representation. You need someone that understands those contracts and things like that. So it's been really hard for me. And, and I think that's what I started the company with the basis on was, you know, our motto is raising the bar, as you can tell behind me. Um, and really truly make our, have our agents understand professionalism and understand how to convey that to the general public. So that when they sit down at closing, the, the clients are saying, I would have paid you 10%. That's how good you were. Yeah. Rather than just being an agent that, I mean, it's so easy to get a license right now. I know. Literally 180 hours. It's so embarrassing to me. And so that's why we're, we focus so much on education because there, I'm, I've been doing this 17, 18 years and it is literally like I learn something new every week. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, agreed. I feel like I, I feel like I am because I have worked with a builder from day one. Yeah. There's so many things that, that I don't have to do that I know I need to know how to do, but they're just kind of yeah. done for me. And yeah. if I were to jump out into, I call it the outside, you know, outside the outside agent world, I would, it would be a struggle for me for sure. That's sure. why I try, I try. I like, I love going to my CE classes and keeping up on that as much as I can and not doing as much as I should, but it's uh, there's so much, it's like the lawyer, the lawyer level knowledge you have to know, oh, yeah. you know, contract. And someone asked me about our, one of our contracts the other day and I struggled to, to tell them, you know, to help them understand it. Sure. You know, I blame yeah. lawyers for it. In the car, I'm like, hey, dumb lawyers writing these things that are hard to understand. <laughs> but I didn't know it either, you know. And that's you can get a little lazy sometimes. But yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. In the beginning of my career, I I would read through Utah Code and I would read through all of it, try to understand as much as I could because I thought, man, if I'm going to be a broker, I have to know this stuff. And um, one of the stories I. I still have the binder somewhere, but I tell all my agents, I went on the MLS. I printed out every single form on there. And my binder was this thick of forms. And uh, I went through every single line of, the par of every, every page and I paraphrased, paraphrased each paragraph yeah. so that I understood that, that form. And what came from it was, you know, my agents call and they say, what, what, do we, what should I do about this situation? I said, oh, there's a form for that. And they don't even know that, right? And so it's kind of funny, but it made it so that I knew my contracts. I understood what it was asking. I understood it backwards and forwards so that I could help my agents. But I always tell this story. I went to a, when I was brand new agent, I went to a listing presentation and it was an attorney and I showed up and he says, okay, he hands me the listing contract. He says, I want you to read every single line to me and tell me what every line means. And I remember as a brand new agent, I felt the blood rush out of my body. I was like, you're, God, you're kidding me, you know, but I had done enough research on my forms that was pretty good, right? But I don't think I had done, I hadn't paraphrased everyone yet. So as I'm reading, I'm shaking, uh, you know, reading it every line and I explained every line to him. And he was dead silent. This took about 45 minutes, dead silent through the entire thing. And I got to the very end and he goes, good job. He signed the listing agreement. That was it. And at that moment, I realized, man, I gotta know my contracts. Yeah. I gotta understand this backwards and forwards. Here's this attorney that he knows contracts, and and all I needed to do was explain it to him so that he could understand it from my language. And man, I learned a big lesson there. <laughs> that's yeah, that's eye opening for me because that's my that's definitely a weak point for me for sure. You know, I'm a sure, rookie. Yeah. I'm still you know baby in this this world. You know, but hey, you must be doing something right though. Uh, it's, uh, I guess <laughs> still, still working, but so good. Well, it's my job as a broker to know those things. So. Well, yeah. And we, yeah, we, 
we we're under Berkshire as our broker, yeah, which yeah. is tough because there's so much separation because we're not there. We're not with them. Sure. You know, so we're, you know, it's been a challenge, you know, getting information has been tough, but you know, I know there's a thousand people on, you know, Facebook pages that I can go there and post something and get 900 answers. Yeah, which, for sure. Which is nice, you know, maybe good and bad. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's not all vetted, but, but yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, this has been awesome. Yeah, um, it's been fun. It's been a pleasure meeting you. And yeah, you um, too. thank you so much for coming on. And any final words, thoughts, new agents out there that some, maybe somebody's listening and they're scared to death. Yeah. Um, I spoke to a brand new agent today and my advice to her was, she said, I'm so scared that I'm not going to know what to say to somebody. And my advice to her was most people that hire us want, just want somebody with confidence. So when they ask you a question, you don't know the answer, say, you bet, I got you taken care of. Let me get back to you with that question Yeah. and with that answer. And so I think, you know, obviously people are looking to us for guidance. They don't do it as often as we do. And even if it's your first deal, they still don't know. What, what should we be doing? Should we list our house at this price? What should we do? And you got to come back with a confident answer because you are going to be the pilot and they're going to be the co-pilot. Yeah. So I think that's probably my best advice is to have confidence throughout it's whatever confidence, you want. Even when you don't know, because I... I... I remember when I first started, I didn't, I barely had, I think I, I got my license like two weeks after I started, but I was sitting in model homes and I was just like praying, dear God, don't let anyone come and ask me anything. <laughs> and, you know, cause we couldn't talk about pricing. We could talk about anything else, but I couldn't talk about pricing or anything like that legally. Yeah. And uh, I remember just being thinking, I'm never going to get this. I'll never learn these floor plans. I'll never, this is uh, it's so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I was out with a new agent the other day and they were freaking out and I said, it's okay. I remember Yep. <laughs> it, it just one day at a time and people are okay with, I don't know. Let me get back to you. People are okay with that. If they just know you're honest about it and they want, they just want the information. It's so true. Yeah. And they just don't want you to don't fake, don't fake, like yeah. don't go here. Yeah. Here's the answer because yeah. you know, you, yeah, they'll, this is too dangerous it. of a business. People, to and people, people, feel, people can sense you being a fake. They can sense it. For sure. You can't hide for that. Sure. Or what you try to do. You, people know it. Yep. For sure. In fact, I was this one old guy came into the model one day and I was just giving him compliments. And he's like, you're just a salesman telling me what you think I want to hear. And I was really offended by that because I wasn't, but I get why he was doing it. You know, the trusted, the trust in the industry. Sure. Sure. You know, but wow. That's a painful thing to hear, right? Yeah. It doesn't happen once. So I've got more good. good (laughs) After that, they're like, oh, you're, you're a professional that knows all the answers. That's right. (laughs) Just give it to me now, man. But Well, awesome. Jen, thank you so much. Right, thank you. I really appreciate it. Maybe uh, maybe we do a follow-up when you have 24 offices going. <laughs> yeah. And you're, just in, no more. you're just, just in Utah, okay. right? Uh, we got one in Idaho. <gasps> Check you out. Well, that's like Utah. Yeah, it is. It's right over the border. It really yeah. is. So. Northern Utah, really. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. Enjoy your weekend. Oh, you too as well. Thank you again for listening to the Parish the Thought Show. We would love your comments and feedback on our website at briankeithparish.com slash feedback. If you love or hate what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us. You're still here? Click on the next episode for more from the Parish the Thought Show.